and your staff. Lord, would you help us to find comfort tonight here in the 23rd Psalm. Do that as only you can in our midst. We'll thank you for everything you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I want to talk a little bit tonight and preach to you on the shepherd's tools. The shepherd's tools. We've got tools, the shepherd does, that bring us comfort. And so the 23rd Psalm said, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I preach a little while tonight on the rod and the staff and how the Lord uses both of those instruments in your life. And you may not have known it, uh, but if you're saved, he's using the rod and the staff. They're at work tonight in your life. And uh, when I get done showing you this, I believe that you'll agree with the psalmist and say, boy, the rod and the staff, they comfort me. Now I want to talk to you first about the rod. Rachel's going to put a picture up of a rod and of a staff. And I'll show you the, uh, the difference there between the two. The rod over here on the right-hand side, as soon as a Palestinian boy was big enough to get out in the woods on his own, one of the first things that he would do if he was going to be a shepherd is he would go and he'd find a spalling tree and he'd cut it down with a root ball on the end. He'd take it back home and he'd begin to carve on it and work it and he'd work that root ball down into a solid lump on the end. It's called a, it's called a rod. That's what the shepherds call it. But you and I, if we saw one, would probably refer to it as a club. That's what it looks like. It looks like a club. And uh, from the time they're this big, American boys are playing video games, uh, Spanish kids are kicking soccer balls, but the, over there in the sheep country of the Middle East, they say from the time they're this big, those little boys that are being raised to be shepherds are learning to throw a rod. And they say that they can throw it with such accuracy and they can throw it with such speed that that it's almost unbelievable. And they use that rod, and we'll see it tonight, they use it like a club, but they also use it in throwing it. The rod is thrown as much as it's swung. And uh, it's a part of the shepherd's, uh, it's part of the shepherd's equipment, it's a part of his tools that allows him to be a shepherd. And so I want us to look at that, think about that, just for a few minutes tonight. And then on the other side is the staff. The staff is long and thin. It's probably the one instrument that is most often associated with the shepherd. The staff has a crook. It is, uh, the staff is interesting in that really the only thing that it's used for is shepherding. Now you might find a rod or a club in other professions, but uh, when you see a shepherd's staff, you know it's the shepherd. <laughs> and we'll deal with that in a minute. Uh, it's never mistaken. You see a man carrying a staff like that, you say, I bet he's a shepherd. Because that's associated with the shepherd. So we're going to leave those things. All right, you put the verse back up. Let's talk about the rod. 
The rod is a picture of the Word of God. And it's a weapon for sure. But what we'll see tonight is that it's much more than just a weapon. Can I pause and say tonight that thank God this book is a weapon. It's a sword. We're learning about it in our men's Bible study. It's a sword that cuts both ways. Thank God and divides asunder the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I'm glad I got a Bible. I just want to stop and say thank God for the Bible. The Bible is a picture of the rod that the shepherd carries. And I'll show you several ways that uh, it is a picture of the rod. First of all, that rod is a symbolic of the shepherd's authority. I read one place today, Brother Neil, where they said the rod was an extension of that shepherd's right hand. It showed his power. It showed his authority as the shepherd. And uh, you think about Moses. When Moses was to be commissioned from the burning bush and God was to send him out, how did God prove to Moses that he had authority and power over Moses' life? He told him, cast down the rod. You see, Moses was carrying the rod with him there while tending those sheep. Moses cast down his rod and it became a serpent. God said, now pick it back up. Moses picked it back up and it became a rod again. And everything that Moses did in delivering the children of Israel had something to do with that rod. Uh, and all of the different plagues and then of course when they came to the Red Sea and then also at the Jordan River that, that rod was utilized as a picture of God's authority. Can I say this? You say, well how is that comforting? It says the rod comforts me. Can I say to you tonight that in a world where everything changes every day Aren't you glad there's something that never changes? And it is the final word and the final authority. This isn't a collection of stories. It's God's holy word. And it carries with it the authority. And so the rod shows forth the authority of the shepherd. It's the extension of his right hand. And I'm glad, thank God, for the authority of the King James Bible. Uh, I was, uh, you know, Trace got me on all these different pages where you collect, he collects Bibles, and uh, he's got me on all them different pages. And some of them pages, there's people on there talks about different versions. They've got an ESV or an R, I don't even know all the, <laughs> alphabet soups, all I know. And... Uh, I was reading one of those fellows the other day and he said, you know, when it comes to the authoritative language of the King James, I thought, well, that's enough right there for me to love the King James Bible. It's got authoritative language. Amen. I don't want a Bible, this is off subject, but I don't want a Bible that reads like a newspaper. If I wanted to read the newspaper, I'll read the newspaper. When I read the Word of God, I want it to strike my heart and soul. I want it to speak in terms of authority. 
And that's what the King James Bible does. And I'm going to say this to you tonight. The King James Bible is the authority in my life, whether I'm living up to its standards or not. Amen. There's a lot of people living loose in our day. They, they live in, let's just put it right where it is, they're living in sin. And it, it's causing them to try to seek out these other Bibles because guess what this Bible says? This Bible says right is right, wrong is wrong. I'm going to tell you, there's been times in my life where I was going to do something that I knew was sin and there'd be a Bible in the room and it just the, the, just the picture of that Bible, just seeing it, just seeing it, convict my heart. Huh? Yes, sir. I remember a teenage boy riding up and down the road involving things. I mean, I never was a drunk or a dopehead, but involved, still involved things I hadn't ought to have been involved in. I'd have a Bible in my, in my car, and sometimes, Brother Neil, I'd get out and pull over the side of the road, take a Bible, and put it in the trunk. <laughs> and it wasn't because I was ashamed of it. It's because I couldn't look at it. I'd look at it, and it's like it's talking to me. It's like it to say, you hypocrite, you hypocrite. I'd finally just say, I'll, I'm going to put it in the trunk. I can't stand to look at it. i got to get rid of it. I can't look at it. I, I can't live the way I want to live and look at that Bible. It bothers me. Because you know why? It's the authority of God's Word. Now, I want you to think about this. It's the authority. We see it's a, uh, the rod shows forth the authority. But did you know the rod was used for discipline? Now, uh, most of you probably think that the shepherd would take the rod and beat the sheep. <laughs> some, that's, how, that's how sometimes us preachers preach, you know, like this. Watch this, bless goodness, I'm good. I'm fixing to wear somehow. But the discipline of the shepherd with the rod was never in striking the sheep. It's interesting to me. But it was always preventative. In other words, I told you that those shepherds could throw that rod. They'd see a, a sheep, brother Neil, that was headed toward a poisonous vine. They'd throw that rod out in front of that sheep. It'd land right in front of its nose, kick the dirt up, scare that sheep, cause it to scurry back into the fold. They'd see a sheep getting ready to head off into a rocky area, throw that throw that, that rod it hit in front of them and he, they'd use that they'd use that to scare that sheep back in the fold but it was always done preventative now I'm going to talk about what the shepherd would do after the sheep was already in a mess we'll talk about that in a minute but when it comes to the rod the picture of the word of God it was always used as a preventative can I say to you tonight that you and I are a lot better off if we'll take the preventative medicine of the Word of God. When the Bible's preached, it's like the rod being thrown out in my way. And there's times when I've wanted to go a certain way and God will allow some preacher to throw the rod, uh, allow the Word of God to hit in front of me and cause me to know that that wasn't the way I should go. Now, we can harden our hearts and stiffen our necks and decide to go on anyway. See, once the shepherd's thrown the rod, if that sheep 
does not mind it and goes on the way it's going. He don't have anything else to throw. Somebody said, well, I wish God would speak to me in tones of thunder. He has 66 books. This is all you're getting. You want a warning against sin, read your Bible. Amen. I'm going to tell you, I find it hard to live a life in sin when I'm reading my Bible. If I don't read my Bible, I find it a whole lot easier to do what I want to do. Yeah, man. Now, y'all getting a little quiet right there, and I'll just preach all night long. Because we need the Word of God. And we need, to, we need to read and study. That's exactly right. And so we see that it's authoritative, and we see it's discipline. But then I want you to notice that it's used, that's used for inspection. The Bible puts it this way in various places that the sheep were caused to pass under the rod. Now come here, Gabe, you're going to be a sheep. Get down on all four. We're going to cause you to pass under. When that, what would happen is they get all them sheep. They get all them sheep in a, in a line. And our shepherd is a wonderful manager of sheep. Oh, this right here might bless your heart. He has a particular interest in each one. Oh, I thought maybe that blessing, it didn't bless nobody but Gary. He's got a particular interest in each one. When the sheep walks up, the shepherd says, well, there's Gabe. And he'll cause them to pass under the rod. Now, look, let me show you what he'll do. He'll take that rod and he'll roll back that wool. And he's looking. He's looking. See? And as it passes under that rod, he'll roll back that wood, that wool with that rod, and he's looking for he's looking for disease on the skin, or he's looking for certain kinds of bugs that get in sheep fur, and he's inspecting. It's a job of inspecting. David said it like this: "Search me, O Lord, know my ways." David said, "Take." Take a look at me, Lord. What am I looking like? You see, that wool is a picture of pride, and it's a picture of self-sufficiency. We all come to church with our pride and our self-sufficiency on. Nobody walks into the church and says, hey, preacher, I'm broken. Preacher, I've been, I've been living wrong all week long. I just barely drug in here. No. Everybody walks in. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, preacher, praise the Lord. Oh, look how good I'm doing. But you know what? When you pass under the rod, the inspection starts. And he uses that. Now, somebody might say, I don't like that. How does that bring me comfort? Well, here's how it brings you comfort. What you've got going on in your life, if God don't draw it out of you, See, what he does is he looks below the surface. He sees things I don't see. He looks below the surface. When once something has worked its way to the outside, it's been going on below the surface a long time. And the shepherd can find those things with the rod of the Word of God. How many of you believe the Bible works? Oh, boy, does it ever. It works. Gets the job done. 
And so when you pass under the rod of God and he starts peeling back the wool and starts looking, you say, how does that bring me comfort? Well, like this, those uh, scabs and sores that he uncovers, guess what he's going to do? Going to pour some oil in that and heal it. Them wounds that nobody's seen, he's going to doctor them. Them them bugs, he's going to apply treatment. That ought to comfort you. Because if he don't do it, you're going to be sick and you're going to die. How many of you have ever come in to church and you had something happening below the surface? And if God hadn't took care of it, he'd have killed you. But God <laughs> took his word and he passed under it. And he started, he started rolling the wall back and he found it. The first thing you know, he puts in the oil and he bandages it up and you leave out of here feeling pretty good. Oh, that ought to bring me comfort. It hadn't ought to be resisted. It ought to be something that we want to do. Now I'm going to use an illustration. You can say, I'm going to use an illustration right here. I got a big black dog. I don't talk about him much. His name's Jarvis. It's Reagan's dog. He's a huge, gentle giant. I mean, he's, I don't know what he weighs, but he's huge. And he's my barrel runner. He's my coyote runner. Really, he's probably the most valuable dog I got. He keeps everything run off. Well, apparently sometime Sunday night, he was a skunk runner. And he caught it. Because I walked out Monday and I went, whoa. Or no, I guess that's Wednesday. It's Wednesday night. Because I walked out Thursday and I went, whoa. There's a skunk in my yard. And I looked all over for that skunk and I couldn't find it. And here come Jarvis running. And I said, oh boy, Jarvis. What have you done? You smell terrible. So I went on Amazon and I ordered some de-skunk, that's what it's called, de-skunk shampoo. It come yesterday, I got to give him a bath. But uh, I didn't have nothing to give him a bath with and it's nasty and rainy and I said, when that de-skunk shampoo comes, I'll give you a bath. Well, I've got two more dogs. Those two dogs, Jarvis never comes inside. He's a completely 100% outside dog. The other two dogs, one of them comes in twice a day to eat. And the other one comes in at night to sleep in her kennel. Well, guess what? The other, guess what the other two dogs smell like now? Skunk. Last night I brought Milo in to eat. And I said, Milo, honey, Lord have mercy, you stink. So now, yesterday, that big old bottle of de-skunk come, and I'm glad it's a big old bottle because i got to wash three dogs. <laughs> now watch this. If I'd had a big old bottle of de-skunk to start with and got Jarvis washed on Thursday, I could have got by without having to wash the other two dogs. But now all three's got to be washed. You know, you know what? If that shepherd has one that passes under that rod and he, he, he sees some sort of parasite, you know why it's important to take care of it? Because it'll spread to the other sheep. And if he don't, hey, if he don't take care of it on one sheep, 
He'll have it on two sheep by the next day. Three, four, five sheep. Before you know it, he's got 15 sheep with him. Then he's got a major problem. So when he sees it on that first sheep, he's got to pass it under the rod and he's got to take care of it. That's the job of the Bible. That's the reason we hadn't all to ever get together and just have story time, club meeting. Amen. That Bible ought to be the primary thing. Because, hey, I'm all for a good time. I told them men uh, earlier we'll get together and have us a 22 day. And I've got a bunch of steel targets. We'll just spend a day plinking with a 22 on a Saturday. But ain't nobody ever got convicted over their sin on 22 day. They know nobody ever got convicted on, of, of their sin hey, on a cookout day. I, I tell you what'll I tell you what'll help people is the preaching of the word of God. Causing the sheep to pass under the rod. It's, a, it's an inspection. I got to hurry. Then lastly, it's protection. It's protection. Boy, I got to stay on this right here. And I, I tell you what, they say, them, they say them shepherds, a lot of them, by the time they're strapping boys, they can kill bears and lions with a rod. No problem. You know, David said, I've killed a lion and a bear. By the time he met Goliath, he'd done killed a lion and a bear. We all look at that and go, wow. That must, David really must have been a man. But I stood on that day, Brother Allen, they say all them boys and that. All them boys, by the time they're strapping boys, know how to kill a lion and a bear with a rod. They train for it. They expect it. They would be surprised if at some point they don't have to deal with a lion or a bear or a wolf. They'd be surprised if they didn't have to deal with them. I mean, it's Palestine. It's the wilderness of Palestine. There's going to be snakes. There's going to be bears. There's going to be wolves. But, hey, the shepherd does not uh, fear them, and the, the sheep don't have to fear them because he's trained to use the rod. i tell you something interesting. I stand on this today. That word rod is also used. It's also used to describe a firearm. You know, in them old Western movies, them cowboys had on a rod, a firearm. The, the thought is the same. The thought is the same. Yesterday, when Trey and Monica got involved in that shooting, Trey was telling me that there was a, uh, a security guard in that store they were in. And one of the ladies asked, is that security guard armed? And the woman in the store said, no. That didn't bring much comfort. But had he been armed, there'd have been a comfort in that. Because they'd know at least if the bad guy comes around the corner, somebody's got something to defend, to defend us with. And I'm glad, hey, listen, is the devil big and mean and bad? Yes, he's all those things. But let me remind you, don't be defeated. Greater is he that is in you than he's in the world. Lift your head up. We're sheep of his pasture. Our shepherd has a rod, and he's in the defending business. You know what they said that shepherd would do, Miss Karen? They said sometimes if there wasn't, if there's a lull and he had the sheep out in the field and there wasn't any predators that he could identify nearby, a lot of times he'd take that rod and he'd just beat the bushes with it. 
in hopes to run a snake out. He'd take that rod <laughs> and he'd beat the bushes. You know, sometimes a preacher just needs to ride back and preach on sodomy. Might not, have, might not have no sodomites in the church, but you just ride back and preach on it, beating the bushes a little. <laughs> See if you can run a snake out. <laughs> hey, sometimes preacher needs to preach on drinking, even though he thinks there ain't nobody in the church drinking. Just beat the bushes a little bit. See if you can run a snake out. Hey, hey, that shepherd sometimes... When there wasn't nothing else to do, he'd take that rod and he'd beat the bushes with it. See what was in the bushes. Uh, I'm glad to report to you tonight that Bible will run the snakes out of the bushes. Amen. Sometimes, listen to me, preacher boys. Sometimes it's good just to scorch earth. My friend, rare back, preach on everything that moves, beat every bush you can beat with it, knock all the snakes out that you can knock out. Hey, that don't hurt anything sometimes. Just beat the bushes. Mm. It's protection. So we got the rod. Let's talk about the staff just a minute. Now the rod, that's a picture of the Word of God. The staff, the staff's a picture of the Spirit of God. It's a picture of the Spirit of God. The staff, its primary, really its only function it's comfort. <laughs> it's comfort. You know, the staff, the staff, it's, it's concerned with compassion and known. It's a symbol of concern and compassion, and it's known for comfort. Now, remember I showed you that picture, how the staff's got that big crook? You know what it primarily is? It's a drawing instrument. The shepherd uses it to draw sheep. Oh, watch this. Sometimes he'll use it to draw the sheep together. He'll take that staff if there's a storm coming. He'll take that staff and he'll start drawing them sheep up close. <laughs> I like it. Because he knows if he can get them sheep bunched up together, that they can weather the storm. Oh, my. You know what the Spirit of God wants to do at Concord Baptist Church? He wants to draw us together. When there's a storm coming, sometimes God will send a real good Holy Ghost-filled service, and it draws everybody together so we can weather the storm. You know, I was reading today, Miss Karen, and they say when them new lamb, or when them new uh, sheep are lambing, at that shepherd, sometimes he'll have 15 or 20 ewes giving birth, and he's walking through the field with that staff, and as soon as that newborn is born, he'll take that staff, uh, and he'll bring it up to its mother, because uh, he don't want to touch it. He'll take that staff, and he brings that newborn close to its mother. It's a drawing instrument. Oh, boy, I remember the day I got saved. How many of you remember getting saved? And you felt the Holy Ghost drawing you into the church. Whoop. <laughs> drawing you. So it's a, it's a drawing instrument. It brings, it brings us together. And I say that God has never, ever 
been in the pushing apart business of the people of God. That's the devil. The devil sows discord among the bread. Anytime you're ever talking to somebody about church things, you can decide real quick whether it's of the devil or whether it's of God by asking yourself this question. Is this bringing discord or is this bringing things together? Because God, when the Holy Spirit is working, he does this. When the devil's working, he does this. That'll help some of you. That's going to help some of you. Now watch this. Not only is it a drawing instrument, but it's also a guiding instrument. That shepherd, Brother Neil, when he sees that sheep headed in the wrong direction, he don't take that staff and hit it. But he takes that staff and gently applies pressure to get that sheep back on track. He, he, he applies pressure. <laughs> I said he applies pressure. Sheep starts going off this way. The shepherd will lay that staff out and apply pressure and bring it back into the right way. How many times have you ever been headed in the wrong direction and just in time, the Holy Ghost Spirit of God would apply the pressure? leads you back in the right way, directs your path back in the way that it should go. He would apply pressure. It's a guiding instrument. The Bible said in John 16, 13, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. So his guidance up above our back door, it says, Welcome, Holy Ghost. I liked what the preacher said this morning. He said, the Pentecostals have scared us to death of saying Holy Ghost. But I'm telling you, we need the Holy Ghost. I need his leadership and I need his guidance. And when I'm heading in the wrong direction, I need that pressure that'll bring me back. He'll put pressure in your life. And I'm going to tell you, listen to me now, if you're saved by the grace of God, I don't care, you look at somebody's life and you say, well, they're way out. They've kicked way out. But if, you're, if they're saved by the grace of God, you may not see it, but there's pressure being applied. And I've talked to people that we dealt with for weeks, months, about getting back in church, and they wouldn't get back in church. And then when they get back in church, you talk to them. And that whole time you thought they was running and you wasn't doing no good. But then when you talk to them, they'd say, oh, I was miserable every day. I'd tell you, go to bed at night crying. And I, I, just, and I, I didn't even realize all that's going on. But see, the Holy Ghost can do what I can't do. I, he can apply pressure where I can't apply pressure. Amen. Noah. Y'all know Noah Buchanan. Y'all know him? Wake up. No, I'm talking about you now. <laughs> come here. Come here, boy. Come here. Come here. Look here. Look here. Look here. Noah. You know what I tell my men? Stand there. You sleeping, so I want you up. I was telling the men, I said, that, that fellow this morning had a girl's home, and I'm starting a boy's home, but it's just got one boy. <laughs> but that's enough for anybody. Let me tell you something about Noah. Noah loves to wrestle. He ain't no good at it. He's terrible at it. 
He's quite possibly the worst wrestler I've ever seen. But he loves it. He jumps on people twice his size. But one night, up next to the campfire, I introduced Noah to a pressure point. Right in there. And if, if you get him right in there behind them ears, I ain't going to, he'll scream like a girl. Right there. Just a little pressure. <laughs> a little pressure. You can take a great big man, all right? I mean, J.M., he's a great big something. <laughs> but he's still got a place where you can apply pressure. You know what? There's people that's real hard. But you get the Holy Ghost involved. He knows where to apply the pressure. He knows where to apply the pressure. So he'll walk along. You can sit down. I'm so sure. He'll apply that pressure. And you know what, Brother Neil? <laughs> I've been wanting to deal with this now ever since I started. Some, she some shepherds have pet sheep. And they say them pet sheep will just run up to the shepherd. And the shepherd will just lay that, he'll just lay that staff over on them and walk out into the pasture. It almost looks like they're holding hands. It's the way that the shepherd stays in touch. <laughs> oh my, I want that's that's the kind of sheep I want to be. I want to be I want to be pet sheep. Hey, I want to have the Holy Spirit just laid over on me and be full of the Holy Spirit and in touch with the shepherd through the spirit. Amen. Just feel I want to get up in the morning when my feet hit the floor and I feel the Holy Spirit touching my heart. guiding instrument I wrote this down it's in this way that the spirit makes the life of Christ real and personal to me the Christian life listen to me the Christian life is not just subscribing to certain doctrines or believing certain facts now you know and I've been preached on the rod and how important the Bible is I believe in that but it's more than that we must be able to experience firsthand the touch of God in our lives. Because if you ain't got that, all you've got is a bunch of facts, a bunch of doctrines. Let me give you this lastly. It's a rescuing instrument. I showed you that video before this morning's service. Sheep sure can get in some messes. And that little boy got that sheep out this morning. He's jumping. Boom. Right back in that hole. When I watch that every time, I think, I've lived that. I have lived that. Shepherd, get me out. I said, right back in a hole. But the shepherd has a crook on that stick, on that staff, that'll reach down lower than he can go. It'll reach down into the crevices, it'll reach down into the mess. Crook right where it needs to crook and draw up and out as a rescuing tool. It's with the staff primarily that the Lord does his restoration. Now I want you to understand something. 
I've pastored 24 years. In that time, I've seen people that I thought, I'm going to go lay hands on them. I, a blind man can see that what they're doing ain't right. And I can get them and I can shake them and I can say, bless God, you're going to do the right thing. And I might be able to scare them enough to go, yeah, yeah, you're right. And then be back at church, trying, but they'll never be restored until the Holy Spirit does the work. It, uh, it requires that rescuing crook, that pulling up. Now, I don't know about you, but I fell off into so many messes in my life that I look back on it sometimes, Brother Neil, and I wonder why God ever rescued me to start with. Why he would have ever restored me to start with. And yet again and again, how many of you can testify, down in that ditch you go. Here comes the Holy Spirit reaching down and snatching you out and bringing you up. Thank God for the work of the Holy Spirit. Oh my goodness, church, we need the Holy Ghost. You know that he can be grieved. He can be quenched. We ought to come every service saying, Holy Ghost, would you do a work? You say, sounding Pentecostal, preacher. Listen, when we was having that revival there a few weeks, a few months ago, this fellow sent me a message on Facebook and called me on the phone. He said, I think y'all are Baptocostal. I said, I don't know what that is, but I think it's a compliment. I'll take it. The leadership of the Spirit. We got to have that. Because when it comes to rescuing, that's how the shepherd does it. It's through the restoration ministry of the Holy Ghost Spirit of God. Now, I've heard something preached, and I want to cover it right here. I've heard it preached, and I've preached it because, boy, it sounded good to an old roughneck independent Baptist preacher. The older I get, the meaner I was. How many of you have heard it preached? They say, well, if that sheep strays away enough times that the shepherd will break its legs, carry it on his shoulders. I've heard it preached. I've preached it because it sounded good. Bless God, you, you, keep getting, you keep getting away. The shepherd will break your blessed goodness legs. And I'm telling you, I've read every book on the subject I can find. I can't find a single shepherd that says he's ever broke a sheep's legs intentionally. Now, sometimes the sheep will break its legs. The shepherd will have to carry it. But I, I can't find any validity to that idea of the shepherd breaking the legs at all. He never hurts the sheep. His, intents is, his intent is to help the sheep. Now, there might be times, Brother Neil, that he put them in a pen. There might be times that he'll use that staff and keep them right up close to them and not let them stray. There may be times they'd be disciplined measure put in the sheep's life, but he don't never hurt the sheep. Now, I can guarantee you, I don't know what you're going through or what you're facing, but it's not, if the shepherd's doing it, his intent is not to hurt you. His intent's to help you. If you'll quit fighting against him, if you'll quit working against him, he will help you. 
He will help you. That's his intent. Well, no wonder David said, that rod and staff, they comfort me. That's a comfort to my heart. I'm closing to this right here. If I didn't know I saved, if I didn't have the Holy Spirit present in my life, I'd be tore out of my frame. I'd turn on the TV. I'd be tore out of my frame. I'd be biting my fingernails off into the quick, pacing the floor. I mean, bless goodness, taking clonazepam and chasing it with Jack Daniels. Just hoping I could pass out for the night. Maybe things would be better in the morning. I'd be a nervous wreck. But you see, I've got a comfort. There's somebody inside of me that says, it'd be all right. But Lord, look at what he says, it'd be all right. And when I think about his rod and his staff and how many years that this shepherd has taken care of me and watched over me and saw to me, I feel like singing that song that justice sings. <laughs> Why should I worry? Why should I care? Huh? <laughs> Has he took care of you so far? There's been times in our marriage where it looked like we was broke because we was. Rachel said, Lord, what are we going to do about the power bill? I'd say, have I ever let the power go off before? Well, no. I say, I ain't going to let go off this time either. But it wasn't me keeping it on. It's the Lord. Has he ever let you down before? He ain't going to let you down this time either. There's comfort in that. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Let's stand our feet. Father. Thank you, Lord, for helping us tonight. Thank you for the rod of the Word of God. Thank you for the staff of the Spirit of God. Lord, I'm glad that both of these things tonight are at work in my life as a sheep in your pasture. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd be at work in everybody's life that's here tonight. God, maybe you could take that rod and pull back some wool and show some parasites or some wounded places. God, maybe you take that staff and rescue tonight or guide tonight. Lord, just do a work in our lives. Thank you for being such a great shepherd. Thank you, Lord, for being a great shepherd, a chief shepherd. Thank you, Lord, uh, for just allowing me to be in your pasture, just a little lamb in your pasture tonight. Oh, just help us as we leave this place this evening. Well, thank you for all that you do in Jesus.